people will trade equity for speed and convenience. All right, guys, welcome back. We have Brent Daniels here with us again on the channel, and we've got a really important topic here. We're gonna be talking about what not to say when talking to sellers, and therefore we'll talk about what you should say yes. when talking to sellers. All of that and more coming up. Go to 8weekacademy.com to claim your free copy of Jerry Norton's most popular training. In it, he reveals his blueprint for making $100,000 per year with real estate. If you're new here, I'm Jerry Norton with FlippingMastery.com, and this channel is all the ways to help you make money wholesaling and flipping houses so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. So, Brent, it's awesome to have you back yes. here in the home office. We got the whiteboard going. It's one of the whiteboard videos. Yes. Whiteboard yeah. videos are fun. Yep. And I really appreciate you being here again and sharing your wisdom and your expertise. And, and you know, as I thought about this topic for the channel here, um, I thought, you know, talking to sellers, you know, who is the expert on talking to sellers? <laughs> yeah. And I thought of you, Brent, and so I invited you. Thank you for being here. And this is such an important topic. In fact, it's something that I see you talking about all the time. In fact, I don't think you can have a conversation where you're not talking about the importance of talking to sellers and why that's just everything. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And it really is because, you know, if you look at the gazillion things that we can learn about wholesaling and flipping, you know, there's so much that we think are important, things that we think are important yeah. and are important, right? Sure. But at the end of the day, if you can learn how to talk to sellers, yeah. you're going to do good. You're yeah. going to make it. You're going to be just fine and have a lot of success, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when we're starting out and, and I'm sure you went through this as well, but as soon as I, when I started out, as soon as I had a good conversation with somebody, I would run right out to the house. I would run right to the house. I would want to be there. I was like, Oh, I've got the, I, I've got the tiger by its tail. I'm going to get this deal. It's going to be so exciting. And then you get there and you realize you didn't even talk to the owner. You talked to like a tenant or you talked to somebody that doesn't, isn't a decision maker or they didn't tell you anything about it. It's a, like yeah. a prestige house, you know, and it's beautiful and there's really no motivation. So you went over there because they essentially just wanted to know what somebody would pay for their house. They just wanted a free valuation in a lot of ways. So it's really, really important that we make sure when it comes to what not to say to the sellers, it comes down to understanding where we need to bring the conversation and the conversation should always go to pre-qualifying whether or not they can use our offer or, or accept our offer to help solve whatever problem that they're dealing with, right? Yeah, and what I love about you, Brent, and what you do is he takes this conversation that we tend to think of like, man, there's all these things I gotta, I gotta find out or talk about, or maybe that we have to draw out or whatever. And you've simplified the entire process to four things, which yeah. means if you can direct the conversation into getting the answers to these four things, mm -hmm. that will tell you you have a motivated seller and you can put a deal together. Yep. Missing something or, or not enough information or misinformation, and we need to get good, and what you teach is how to get good at drawing out the right information yep. so we can put a deal together. So the first thing here with not, what not to say when talking to sellers, it's, it's, it's saying it, sure, actually speaking the words, but it's also the way that we say it. So the common mistake that I see a lot of people make is that they're trying to convince the seller of something early on in the conversation. Mm -hmm. A seller throws out a certain price, a certain, you know, a seller, uh, you know, says that the property, yeah, it's in okay shape. It hasn't been updated since 1987, but it should only <laughs> take about $8,000. A buddy of mine can do it, right? But you need to understand two words, and that is confirm and approve what they're saying. 
Yes. Okay. Confirm what they're saying. Okay, great. You want 200,000. Uh-huh. Oh, it's 1987. Yeah. Okay. And then approve and, and just understand that you don't want to cause friction in the conversation. And that comes down to making sure one, that you confirm and approve, but two, that your tone is mirroring and matching what they sound like. If they're really old, you don't want to be bombastic like I am, right? You don't want to just be crazy and going, right? But you want to slow it down and you want to understand the way that they communicate because people communicate differently. So it's understanding the pace and the tone and mirroring and matching what they're saying. Don't cause friction in the conversation and make sure that the conversation is centered around these four pillars, okay? And that is going to put you, that's going to give you, it's simplifying it so that you understand you only have to find out these few things to understand if you're going to go on the appointment. So the number one thing not to say to a seller is I'm coming right over. Okay, let's do a little bit of more digging and asking some questions. Yeah, good. So we're going to get into these in a second. You said affir- affirming and confirm. Confirm and confirm. Uh, you yeah. talked about mirroring and matching, and yeah. I hear you talk a lot about this. Um, this is something that I, I when you, when I've heard you say that before, I kind of went back and and watched kind of some of my phone calls, and I'm like, I, I didn't even really put put like my finger on it, but I really try to do that when you can match their tone and yep. their energy, and uh, if you're in person like the, their mannerisms, people like to do business with people they like and trust and that's familiar to them. Sure. And so that's a really powerful, it's one of those non-verbals, right? That's important, it takes mm-hmm. practice, but you can do that. But setting all of that aside, and I know you've got a bunch more um, you know, kind of tips on sure. this conversation that takes place and the questions and the position, the positioning, but let's get into, Brent, yeah. what needs to be drawn out of this conversation. And, yeah. and there could be, Lots of different ways you could do this, lots of different questions you can ask. Yep. But if you go into that conversation, you call it a quality conversation, I love that, have a quality conversation. Mm-hmm. To qualify for a quality conversation, there are these four things that have to come out of that conversation. Yep. And I always, I put condition of the property first, Uh because what you'll find is when you're asking them questions about their property, they're going to open up. They have no problem telling you about the property. They'll talk to you about the bedrooms and the bathrooms and it's fine. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They feel comfortable telling you about the condition of the property. So the longer the conversation goes, the more likely you are to get some of these tougher qualifiers out of them. All right. So you're asking about the condition. And oftentimes when you're asking about the condition of the property, they tell you their motivation. They tell you their price. I mean, their timeline and the, you know, the price is the toughest one. But if you ask a good question, ask is what remodeling, there's an open-ended question. What remodeling have you done to the kitchen and bathrooms in the last five years? Great question. Where do we spend a lot of money if you're rehabbing? In the kitchen and bathrooms. Kitchen and bathrooms. And that's the indicator of basically the rest of the house, right? Right. So if those things are in bad shape, pretty much everything else usually is. Well, and if they've spent money there, they should probably just put it on the market, right? These are probably clean properties. There's probably not a huge amount of issues going on. You'll get to the the motivation. But, you know, if they're really, really nice, in good shape properties, typically they'll just take it retail. They will. I mean, yeah. sometimes not, sometimes, sometimes not, not. Yeah. but, but you know, usually we go after the uglier houses, right? And so you open up the conversation by asking about the condition and then you can ask about the roof. You can ask about the pool. You can ask about the heater. You can ask about the furnace or the air conditioner or whatever else foundation, all those things you can, you can pull out of them so that you understand. <laughs> and it gives you a good idea of how much it's going to cost. Yes. And I want to talk to you about up. that for a minute because 
a mistake that I see a lot of wholesalers make, my own acquisitions people make this mistake all the time, is they think we've got to confirm the condition, we've got to see pictures, we got to do a walkthrough before we can actually put put together a legit offer. And the reality yeah. is if we just if we know the square footage yep. and we ask the right questions, yep. we can get to a number. Now, it's not going to be super accurate because, yeah. you know, we got to see it, yeah. but we can get to at least a number know enough to run a formula and get to an offer price and try to get a contract, right? right? Would you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. We almost never see the property before giving an offer. Yeah. Almost never. Yeah. You know, I'd rather get a whole bunch of contracts yeah. and nine out of 10 of them are right kind of what we thought and every one out of 10 of them we got to bust up because yep. it's off yep. than lose a deal because we're fighting to try to get all this information first before Time. making the offer. Time kills all yeah. deals. Time kills all deals. Get to that get to your offer, get that thing locked up and at least have the opportunity. But you can get a lot from just having a conversation. So we can ask about the kitchen baths. We can ask what year built the house was, which a lot of times we can, if we have the address, we can find that out. That's easy. You know, when was the roof done last? So those questions draw out kind of the condition. Okay. So we want to find out the condition. Number two. Huge. This is it. The timeline is so, we just said, Time kills all deals. You want to know if they are truly motivated to sell their property? You ask them or you tell them, you know, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, we typically close within 14 to 30 days. Uh, Does that work for you to get your money in 14 to 30 days? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I I can't sell it for another six months. There's a tenant in there. I got to fix it up. It's going through probate. Now, when you ask that question and they tell me, "I, I need to sell this yesterday. That alarm in your head is going off, it's firing, and you are after that deal. And this is your indicator whether you should continue in this conversation right. or, or like you just said, drop them in a follow-up sequence because one of the questions that goes along this that I like to ask sellers is, um, where, where do you plan on moving? Yes. Because that tells you so much. Yes. It tells you if they've got a place lined up. It tells you if they're going to use the proceeds to buy a new place. It tells you if they're going to rent, move out of state. Mm-hmm. And then that allow, are they, are they even living in the property? Yeah. Like that, those things kind of really help with that timeline. Really so good. we got to know their timeline. If you were to sell this property, where would you go to next? Yeah. Great, question. Great question. Great question. And so we consider fast 30 days or less. Right. It's considered fast. Yeah. If they're pushing out past that, then we'll probably just need to put them in a follow-up and move on. Awesome. Okay. Number three, motivation. What is their problem, right? People will trade equity for speed and convenience only if they have a problem. If they don't have a problem, why why wouldn't they stay in the property or keep the property or rent out the property or put it on the market, right? We're looking for people that have motivation. This is the most critical thing when we're talking about sellers. This should be the the what not to say to sellers is with keeping the conversation going if they're not motivated, if they don't have a problem, right? We're looking for motivated sellers. Those are the people that will sell at a discount because they need to solve this problem. So it's really, it's really important to find this out. And typically you can find that out naturally through these first two. So what's a good question to ask with motivation? I'll give you an example. We just locked up a deal yesterday in Scottsdale, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Incredible. Built 97, North Scottsdale, 300,000, 1,500 square feet, right? Just bananas. 450 all day, right? Uh The guy is taking a $150,000 discount because his tenant is only paying him half the rent. He's worried about COVID going on, or the pandemic going on forever, (laughs) forever, and, and doesn't want to deal with it. Just wants to get rid of it, and he wants us to close in 14 days. 
right? Super motivated. We, we got that from these yeah. two. Yeah. He just wants to be done with it. He's taking a $150,000 discount because he just doesn't want to deal with the hassle. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this, the deal, Robert Kiyosaki says it perfect. The deal of a lifetime comes around once a week. It truly does. Mm-hmm. It truly <laughs> does. As long as you're having those quality conversations with Get in the motivated game. sellers. So a natural, this is also a natural segue. And I like that this is last because yeah. if we've done a good job, we've taken the guards down. We've lowered the wall. Hopefully we've built rapport. Uh, Now there's some trust hopefully going on. Mm -hmm. Not always, but hopefully there's some trust going on. And then we can get to the hardest part, which is price. Yeah. Okay, so how do we handle price? Like what's... What are we looking for here? You know, you could just ask them, you know, the way that we do business is we purchase properties cash. We, uh, we, uh, there's no real estate commissions. Mm-hmm. We pay all the title and escrow fees. So the offer would be a net offer to you. And the best part is we buy them completely as is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything. So for an offer like that, how much would you take? So, so, so I just why, asked. So why Brent ask why they give the price first? You don't give the price first. Yeah, because you don't want to make assumptions. You don't know how much they want for the property. Mm-hmm. And what happens is sometimes you, you, you'll out negotiate yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just never know what somebody's expectations are. You know what I mean? And there is, there is a price that every seller has. 99.9%, there's a magic price they have mm-hmm. that they'll sell at, yeah. right? They really do. They know it. They know they have some idea of it. And you're just trying to pull that out of them to see what, what their expectations are so, and, and just understand if you need to break yeah. some things down. So I love how you handle this. You go over the benefits of your benefits. offer, right? Yep. So you, you point out, all cash as is, pay the closing fees, close as quick as you want to, all of these things. For me to do that for you, for me to provide an offer like that, how much would you need for the yeah. property? How and that's a great want, question. How much do you want to walk away with? You know, something like that. If I can wave the magic wand and you have that amount of money in your in your hands or in your bank and you don't have to deal with this property ever again, how much money does that oh, have to be? You know like, what yeah, I mean? Something, yeah. something like that. And you get to that price. Now, yeah. and then at this point, hopefully we can align right there and we can put a deal together. And then, and then the goal, Brian, I know is, is always at that point, we want to walk away with a contract. Right? Don't let this be the hurdle that you can't get over to take action. I am telling you, it is simple right here. This is what you're looking for. These sellers need your help. They need you to enter their lives and help solve the problem. And if you use these, you're going to feel more confident. By the time you get to the property or by the time you send that contract and they hit it, it should be a natural progression that they sign and accept and work with you because you've you've followed up with them. You've got the prequal. You know that you guys are in alignment with the price, the terms, and now you're rocking and rolling. And that's the business. That is the business. This is not magic. There's nothing, you know, we're not building rockets here. We're going out and we're solving the problems of, of, of the 5 to 10% that Jerry mentioned, the 5 to 10% in the market of people that are in distress at all times. There's enough deals out there. You can absolutely go and get them. Yep. So guys, we got a couple cheat sheets for you. I'll put in the link below uh, some of Brent's scripts that are going to really help you kind of you know, point you in the right direction, prompt you on things that you can ask, how to go through this this conversation. I've got some scripts as well that are really helpful. Take those and get on the phones. Remember, you wanna get to that those quality conversations every single day. The more offers you make, the more deals you'll do, the more money you'll make, and you'll really just blow this business up. So thanks for being here, Brent. Again, love everything you've gotta share with us and the community. Thank you for all you do, and we'll see you guys on the next video.